You're listening to episode 54, Money Can't Buy Peace with Emily. Welcome to Midlife Confidence, where it's all about women living a fulfilling life as they move beyond 40, 50, and 60. I'm Vonna Davis, a certified life coach with 20 years of my own midlife journey behind me. And just like you, my best years still ahead. I'll take you inside real life coaching with a guest client so you can see for yourself how a beautiful life starts with a beautiful mind. If I asked you, hey, do you want more money? I'll bet the answer would be, yes, Vana, of course I want more money. I know there must be people out there who don't, but I don't know any of them personally. So why do you want more? A better question is, how do you imagine you would feel if you had more money? Really think about it. What comes up? Would you feel peaceful, secure, independent, maybe proud, excited, or free? They say money is a powerful driver of human behavior. I offer that money isn't actually the driver, and it isn't even the things that you want to buy with money. The driver is the expectation that money would bring you a certain feeling that you really want. And that's the main point of today's coaching session with my awesome friend, Emily. We started a series of three episodes with Emily last week when we started talking about mom guilt and the effect it's having on her goals to return to school and eventually become a practicing therapist. Well, today we're diving into her desire to earn her own money and the emotions that are driving that and what she needs to watch out for so she's not disappointed in the end. So if you have a challenging relationship with money, keep listening. Imagine a $20 bill sitting on the desk or counter in front of you or wherever you are, maybe you have a $20 bill in your hand. $20. Think about how it feels. Think about what it means. What does it mean to you? Money is loaded with meaning. You've been in a relationship with money probably from the first time you were four or five and your parents gave you a dime to buy candy with. And yes, in the 60s, when I was a little girl, you could buy a whole candy bar for five or 10 cents. We all absorb the money drama going on in the homes that we grew up in, whether money feels scarce or abundant, whether we believe it's hard or easy to bring money into our life, whether we feel grateful or guilty when we buy something. Money is a deep source of fear and insecurity for many of us. I'm personally working on my money beliefs right now, and it's pretty fascinating. Like we all do in midlife, we think about where we've been and where we want to go next. And I've realized that my relationship with money is a big thing that still feels uncommitted and unreliable, and I want to get a handle on it now. One of the beliefs I see in myself is that making money takes a lot of time, and it takes time from more important things like my connection with God, time with my family and friends, time to take exercise and eat well and sleep, and all those things that keep me healthy. So I'm challenging that limiting belief with the thought that it doesn't actually take much time to make money, that time doesn't create money, but alignment does, and also that it doesn't have to be a trade-off. The more I make, the stronger my connection with God, the deeper relationships I have with my family and friends, the healthier I am, and that just everything gets better together because I decided that's how I want it to be. 
Well, I have a lot of work to do still, and I'll let you know later how it all works out. I'm giving myself a good year to master a brand new money mindset. So back to Emily. While we were coaching, unexpectedly, money came up in connection with Emily's goal to get a grad degree and become a therapist. So let's dive into that conversation. And even in finances, I want to, I'm noticing right now talking to you that I've never been really clear cut with finances because it's scary and I feel bad if I overspend and I'm thinking now I would really enjoy something clear cut to live by. Um, I don't, I don't really like being, I'm kind of done with that. Like being Maybe I needed my husband to be like a father figure financially, but mm. I, I would like some changes there too. I'd like to feel a little more equality there or yeah. you know, more like you're contributing too. And so you have some say too. Is that? that yeah. One? Yeah. Instead of being like, oh, I, I need permission from you to have resources. And I don't yeah. like that at all. It's like, that's why I have a big push to work because I'm tired of being under that. But then I'm like, well, maybe I could just change it even without working. Right. And that's really insightful because you could get into the thing of like thinking, oh, when I get that job, then it will make me feel. Yes. Right. Whatever it is, like independent or like an equal partner. But you can decide to feel that way before you get the job. That is what I've noticed the, the last yeah. couple of days. T- totally. That's good. Yeah. I don't know how to change that, but mm-hmm. it's something in my mind that I'm working on. Yeah. <laughs> well, since we're talking about that, let's go there right now. What are you feeling right now about your role within the finances in your family? Well, okay. This really kind of digs up some dirt on myself. <laughs> I don't know. How do I, there's no other way to go about it except yeah. to express real feelings. <laughs> Equality and independence and finances. Well, the first feeling is guilt. Okay. All the time. I feel that all the time. And I don't think it's right. I don't, mm-hmm. it's really strong lately. And all I'm doing is normal spending <laughs> for our family. Yeah. Oh, I think because I do get enjoyment. I associate and an enjoyment with making the family better. Mm-hmm. Um, I enjoy spending, but then I'm like, well, I'm not overspending, but so I enjoy... You enjoy it. But then you feel guilty for enjoying it. Yeah. <laughs> like, and the thought, so let's go to the thoughts. Like you feel like you shouldn't enjoy it because why? Because my husband doesn't have that. It doesn't seem like it. He doesn't enjoy spending. No. Money. And when he does spend, it's like, the most bare minimum and it doesn't meet our needs. Like if he, he's taking turns doing it, Mm -hmm. it'll be, he'll do the grocery shopping for a week, but it lasts three days. And then I'm like, that's how I should be. Cause he's setting the example, I guess, in my mind. So I'm always pulling it, the budget all the way to the other end, like using the amount (laughs) or more (laughs) allotted for the month. (laughs) He doesn't know about all the needs. And so what I want to do is learn to become more clear yeah. instead of try to live under unrealistic expectations right. in my head. You realize that the guilt isn't 
healthy, but you're feeling it anyway yeah. because of the thoughts that you're having. Yeah, it's hard. And this is good because it's underlying all my reasons to push for school and, and a career. And I don't think mm-hmm. those are good motivations. Mm-hmm. I still want those things because uh-huh. I enjoy school and I enjoy what I'll do eventually. But I, I, I want to kind of, you know, clear out the, yeah. the bad motivations right. or whatever. Because you right. could end up really disappointed going through all the work of going to school and getting to that point and finding out, wait, I still don't feel what I wanted to feel about finances because you expected that degree or that job to do that for you. Because what right? I wanted to feel, what I envisioned feeling is, see, I have money now. And you don't need to be over me. Mm, some, like I said, independence. Yeah. Like you have to earn it to have a right to spend it the way you want. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Did you hear about the emotions that Emily really wants? The feelings that she hopes earning her own money will give her? She wants to feel independence and freedom around spending money and to stop feeling guilty. She wants to feel peace and confidence in her spending. It's so important to know that she can decide to feel that now. Honestly, it will be easier to change her thoughts about it than to go get a master's degree and grow a therapy practice and hope that then she'll feel peace around money. Now, for sure, there are other great reasons to go do those things, such as personal growth, living a purposeful life and contributing, and even meeting some goals like maybe, and I'm guessing here, new carpet or whatever is on her dream list. But as Emily said herself, earning money so she can finally spend it without guilt is not a good motivation to go to school. Now, the fact is that making money does have a tangible result of having more to spend. But this is also true. Having more to spend does not automatically make us feel more freedom and less guilt. If those insecure emotions are programmed into the money part of our brain, they will always be connected with the issue of money until we intentionally change them. There's an old saying in neuroscience that whatever fires together, wires together. If your brain has been trained to feel worried every time you think about money, it will keep doing what you've been practicing for so long, even when you have more. Emily mentioned a few times with me that she wanted to be more clear on expectations and have a clear plan for how to spend their family's money. And that usually means a budget. And for her also defining the meaning and use of money more clearly in her family and in her marriage. I offer that even before doing those things, the first and best plan that you could make would be to decide how you want to feel about money and get clear on the thoughts that you need to think to feel that way and then get to work on that plan. Then go work on your budget or any other system from that feeling of security that you've created. So we can see and remember other people have their models, right? So your husband has a model. He's got the same circumstance, shopping for your household. Sometimes you do it, sometimes he does it, right? Yeah. And then he has his own thoughts based on his experience in life, right? Yeah. And how he's interpreting those experiences. So understanding that like his thoughts, his feelings, his actions, and his results from that point on are completely in his control and you cannot change them for him, right? 
So the first part of this is to allow husband or kids or whoever it is to have their own feelings and let it be okay. (laughs) Like part of this is you're trying to manage how he feels about it, right? And how he feels about you. Yeah. Because you are comparing the way you're spending money to the way he is and thinking he's doing it right, or at least he thinks he's doing it right, which is true. He thinks he's doing it right. (laughs) Right? Mm Mm-hmm. What are your thoughts at this point? Well, about that? I'm thinking about <laughs> what his mindset mm-hmm. could be <laughs> and how he was raised. He was a lot like his mom, very, very frugal. Mm-hmm. His idea of a good plan for spending is DI. And I've been really critical of it. Uh-huh. Zero name brand. Mm-hmm. Like zero, even food, clothes, everything like kids don't even need name brand. Mm -hmm. And I feel like kids do Mm -hmm. because that's what their friends have and they should feel comfortable and confident. Yeah. Um, I want to understand where he's coming from. I don't know. So I can just see his point of view. So that's what was running through my head. I don't need to dwell on that, but that's just what you asked, right? So Uh I'm just telling you. (laughs) Yeah. And there's, there's some value in like realizing, oh, he has good reasons for how he feels and how he's acting. Okay. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I can look at next his values, which are amazing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. He puts a lot of money into experiences. Oh, yeah. Which is incredible. And when I imagine in my mind, oh, I should do a budget. I should talk to him more. I don't know what that looks like because in the past when we've had a lot of emotions, (laughs) (laughs) budgeting sessions, um, there's been a lot of pain <laughs> and a lot it's of okay <laughs> so and that was like I don't know we quit like eight years ago and when I want to have that something like that back or create something good the pain of that I just haven't known how to deal with all his disappointment or something mm-hmm. in the budgeting session that I'm just like, mm-hmm. I I have felt like he doesn't even want to know my perspectives or mm-hmm. he just wants me to go along like with him, like my way or the highway. I don't uh-huh. think he hears me. And I, that's why I quit. I'm like, no, I'm never doing that again. Okay. Ever. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Okay, this is good to know. And I I really acknowledge you for realizing that this is tied into the whole issue of your going to school, planning a career, getting out of the house a little more when you realize that some of your motivation is financial. Yeah. Yeah, it's good to get clear on that. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Yeah, and so he has his strong feelings, and so he wants things to be the way that make him feel comfortable. So one of the challenges and most important things you can do is allow other people to be uncomfortable and not have to fix it. (laughs) That's exactly what I was thinking. He's not going to like it, but it's got to go. Yeah. It's not okay. Yeah, because what you've been doing so far is you've been the uncomfortable one, right? And for some reason you decided, okay, I'll be the uncomfortable one to try and make my husband feel comfortable. 
And probably if, if he really could see it all laid out, he'd go, wait, I want both Emily and I to feel comfortable. Yeah, he would. Yeah, because he's a good guy, right? He just doesn't see it that way yet. So sometimes we have to lead out and let, again, other people have their feelings, even if it's uncomfortable. And so let's go to where, how do you want to feel? I want to feel confident in my choices and not looking back ever. (laughs) I don't like that. No regrets. Yeah. I'm a human. This is life. We spend on our needs (laughs) and then this is the clear cut amount. Let's just take care of it. That's what many is for, right? Yeah. There's a lot there about the differing beliefs that Emily and her husband have about money. This is probably the rule in marriages since there are two people with different backgrounds. So it's nearly universal for couples to need to come to terms with how they're going to manage money together. So just a few points to be aware of. Both people have good reasons for how they feel about money. And so we do well to have some compassion and some understanding and Also, what works really great is some curiosity for our spouse's position and for our own, too. I love how Emily gives her husband credit for his desire to spend money on experiences with our family. That's a great example of how we can notice that some of our spouse's money beliefs are awesome and honor that. So a little bit more about emotions, about money and marriage. One of the root causes of Emily's guilt is not wanting her husband to be uncomfortable and wishing he would see it her way and validate her choices. Most of us naturally feel the same way, that only if our spouse would agree with us and support us, then we could feel the peace and confidence that we want. But actually, freedom lies in allowing others to have their feelings and being able to feel what you want because you want to, you decided to, and you don't need someone else to agree with you to make you feel that way. Emily wants to feel confident in her choices, and she can let go of the need for her husband to agree and just be confident and at the same time respectful and accepting that someone else feels differently. Ironically, it's actually a way to honor someone else to let them go ahead and feel differently and not need to change them. All right, I do want to share a thought while we're on finances. My husband and I listened into an online series of classes by, he's actually a life coach who works, he's a fi- also a financial okay. manager. His name is Mark Butler. And one of the big takeaways that we loved from that is he said, like in a marriage, this is one way to approach differing beliefs and wants with money. And that is everybody gets to want what they want and explain why they want it. And then the other partner supports them and wants for their partner what they want. Mm. You know, we we get into this feeling of um, scarcity, like there's not going to be enough for both of us to have what we want. So we start to compete (laughs) and try and control the other person's spending. But like just relaxing and deciding to believe that there's enough for both people to have some of what they want. Mm 
that can mean you could say like, I want these running shoes for Kailana and, you know, the other things, whatever the list of what you want and why you want it. And just ask like, can you love me enough to want what I want because I want it, not because you want it. But then the thing Ah. is, you have to do the same thing for the other person. (laughs) So for him, he wants to spend money on the experiences for your family, right? And so just saying, hey, tell me about that. Why do you want those? Why are they important to you? And just wanting, deciding, like, I'm all in for you to get what you want. Here's an example. Yeah. We were looking at our, what our spending was, and we both realized that I have had gone overboard at Costco. That's my weakness, right? Costco's yeah. awesome. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I, I said to him, you're right. I am totally willing to not go to Costco. How about you do Costco and I'll do like Walmart and everything oh, else. Oh, yeah. And because he said those little things add up and he would really like them to go to experiences, the mm-hmm. money to go to experiences. Yeah. And he gave me examples of good experience we had like Costa Rica or we really want to go to San Diego as a family and get one of those cool passes Uh and I saw how it adds up and then I didn't I didn't feel bad I thought I I really want to support you in this because I see how good experiences are and so he was he was happy but I don't think he was convinced but because it's only been one month of me going without Costco Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) my addiction (laughs) No. So yeah, so that that's that is going. a great example. I love that. So we're moving forward. I think we yeah. both are wanting to support each other, uh-huh. but maybe a conversation like you could support me in this way that would be good too. Mm-hmm. Now I mentioned this course that we took with Mark Butler. He's a CFO for six figure entrepreneurs, mostly life coaches. But we kind of got lucky. He was offering a six-week course for normal people like us. I don't think he's offering it anymore. Well, as I shared with Emily, we love his way of seeing money as an opportunity to honor your partner and what they want in life. So I looked through some of my notes from that class, and I wanted to share some of these things with you. He teaches how to move toward a happy financial relationship and says that In a healthy relationship, every person knows what they want to consume, and every person knows why they want to consume. And that fits right in with what I'm saying. The why is going to include the emotion that they want. And then every person openly shares their what and their why. And then in an ideal world, the couple happily pursues each other's desires and what they want because they embrace each other's why. So it's all about being excited about what the other person wants. This is kind of directly against the idea of compromise because compromise in money can look like neither person getting what they want and being somewhat resentful about it. So to get here, we have to resolve some of the guilt that we have about the things that we want and why we want them and just own that. And then he also shared this idea of symbolically labeling money with what each partner wants. So there's a pile of money labeled with something specific like new carpet 
or it could be even labeled with an emotion like stability or possibility, or in Emily's case, independence or peace. And then each partner has a pile of money that's protected by that label. For Emily to have a pile of money labeled equality or independence, and to be free to spend that on what she thinks is important for the family would be awesome, wouldn't it? And then there would also be a pile labeled family experiences that her husband would know is protected for what he really wants. I love how Emily showed her willingness to cooperate and partner with her husband by changing her Costco habit so that he could feel like they would have the money for the experience he values. I understand that we all probably find this hard to do because we don't believe that there's enough resources for both people to get what they want. So there's a lot of work to do there about feeling like there's enough and there will be enough and talking about how can we bring more money into our lives so we can both have what we want. And so let's make sure that we tie this into what we originally started coaching on last week, which is like feeling like you have space for yourself for the things that you want to do in your life. Like now we realize that money is part of that too, right? And realizing that you do not have to wait until you're earning money to feel justified or to give yourself permission. Like you can decide now that you have power. Well, and it's really good to see this Mm -hmm. about money because I'm noticing the underlying thing that goes between us back and forth. And um, I guess you could say energetic or something that we created in our marriage. Mm-hmm. It is in other areas. And yeah. I think as I ha- have courage to work on this and change this mm-hmm. with him, I will be able to take, I don't, I don't know if this is the right word, but take back my creative power, mm-hmm. my own boundaries, just be like, no, you can't control this aspect too. And this aspect, yeah. I will have tools to know how... To make changes in those other things. <laughs> right. Because the way we show up in one area of our life is the way we show up in everything, right? We yeah. make decisions the same way. And the same um, emotions keep coming up in different areas. So you're right. Yeah. When you work on one thing, it helps you in other areas too. It's all so, connected. <laughs> so my goal to engage more in the, mm-hmm. in the world, I guess. One of the things I love about the coaching process and learning to manage our mind is that when we make changes in one area, it affects others. Whether it's money or parenting or self-love, the awareness and skills transfer so well and our whole life starts to level up. You'll see reflections of the way you think about things all around and how it's creating your life experience. And the tools you practice in one area of your life are then skills you can use to get to work in another. Now, as we talked about money, I really hope that you're taking away the understanding about what money is for. Money exists as a way to get the things we need to live. After all, money can't buy happiness, but it can pay the rent. We can exchange it now for what we need or store it for future needs. But the purpose of money is not to make us feel good. That's our job. So don't give money a job it's not designed to do. You'll probably end up being disappointed and unsatisfied that way. And I'm sharing this with you because it's something I'm working on myself. 
my mind is constantly suggesting that I'll feel so peaceful and proud of myself if I hit a certain number in my business or pay off my house or have a certain number of dollars in our retirement account. But I really believe that feeling peaceful and proud first is the best way to meet those goals. So let's review some of the things we talked about with money. Number one, you don't really want money. You want the emotions that you think having money will bring you. Number two, you can create the feelings you want even before you have the money. And those feelings are a better place to start from to meet your goals. And the third one is that couples can create a healthy financial relationship by honoring what each partner wants and why they want it. And really, there are lots of good reasons to want lots of money. Just be sure you aren't expecting it to do things for you that are your responsibility. Be peaceful, be powerful, and love your radiant heart. I'd love it if you shared this episode with someone. And of course, if you're ready to have a guide to help you have the experience you want in life, I'm here and available for one-on-one coaching. Just email me at vana at midlifeconfidencecoach.com. And that's in the show notes. Take care until next time.